Hey everyone, welcome back to the Retail Ready Podcast. We're on episode number 49. And in today's show, I'm joined by master pastry chef, chocolatier, and co-founder of Cacao, which is based here in Melbourne, Tim Clark. Tim has worked locally and internationally at the highest levels and has competed in many prestigious competitions. He's even represented Australia in the World Chocolate Masters. Tim has made some phenomenal cakes, even for the likes of someone called Nelson Mandela. Tim co-founded Cacao in 2003 with a simple philosophy to create beautiful handcrafted chocolates, macarons and pastries. They source the best ingredients that they can get their hands on, both locally and abroad, and they don't cut corners. In this episode, Tim goes into a lot of detail about what it's like to grow a chocolate business, which is on the premium side. They are all about high quality and the best tasting products that they can make. This episode was fantastic, not only to chat to Tim, who is the most down-to-earth bloke in the world, but it just gives you a true idea of a brand that is not going down the value sector, but is focusing on what they do best. I hope you enjoy this episode. I really enjoyed it. And thank you for your time, Tim. Enjoy. Welcome to the Retail Ready Podcast, hosted by Ben Wyatt, your destination for product development, food trends, and some serious knowledge bombs about the food industry. Eight o'clock on a Tuesday night. Um, you're, you've, you've got away from the dad duties um, so far. Uh, I appreciate your time, Tim. Thanks for joining me. How's everything going? Yeah, really good. Thanks for having me. Um, no, no problem. Yeah, uh, we were just saying that I've got a couple of young kids, so they're 11 and 13 now, and they're taking up a lot of time and energy, but um, taxing them around from one activity to another certainly um, fills up your week. So it's just it about juggling. <laughs> it's it's true i've I've got one little girl and i've i've got these two muppet i've got two dogs that are literally <laughs> next to me who i will be kicking out the room very shortly because yes they they will be annoying uh in about 30 seconds so uh if if you hear a few uh clappers um and a bit of a fud it's not me beating the dogs it's me just shutting the door so uh <laughs> yeah, not a problem, it's, not a problem. It's, so but the podcast is yours, Tim. Um, I know you've got a fantastic story. Me and you met, oh, what would this be about? Probably two years ago, nearly. Um, mm-hmm. And you you kindly gave me a tour of your factory. And I went away with some of the best chocolates I've ever had in my life. But do you want to uh, introduce yourself? And we'll just take it from there. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So my name's Tim. I'm co-owner of Cacao Chocolates. We're a Melbourne-based company. I've been with the company for 11 years now. Uh, The company started in 2003 by founder and business partner Laurent Merrick. Uh, What started out as a French-style patisserie and chocolate cafe in St Kilda grew to uh, have uh, several stores, uh, four stores throughout Melbourne. Um, and I sort of came on a little bit later on in the piece about five years into it. But, um, yeah, I guess my journey as a pastry chef began um, with my apprenticeship on the south coast of New South Wales. And uh, after after pursuing um, 
um, opportunities overseas in Europe, uh, having worked in some of the um, top hotels and restaurants throughout Europe, and then uh, also having opportunities to work on cruise lines, I, I, I then found my way back to Australia and um, the port of call was Melbourne. Uh, I, I had a fantastic opportunity that presented to me um, to take on the head role or executive pastry chef was the title at Crown Melbourne. Oh, I was wow. 25 years at the time, probably one of the younger um, executive pastry chefs around. And uh, I was very ambitious and uh, very eager to take on um, any challenge that came my way. So that was certainly one of the biggest ones that had presented me uh, presented to me um, up to that date. So I worked in that uh, hotel environment. Uh, we did a lot of large banquets, a lot of catering uh, for uh, restaurants or throughout the venue, a lot of outside events, catering. And then through the years, through six years, in fact, um, I was at Crown. I met and worked with a lot of amazing people. Um, I understood uh, the corporate side of of being a chef and running a big business. And then um, through those years, I also met my now business partner. Um, and uh, okay. and um, yeah, it probably wasn't until uh, my late 20s that uh, the dream of running and owning my own business came to fruition when I was given an opportunity to meet um, with Laurent and the, um, uh, the opportunity they presented to me was to come into the business and help them grow and take it to the next step. Um, yeah, so that's how I've sort of come from being a, a pastry chef on the south coast to <clears throat> travelling and working abroad and finding my way into into the business that I'm now in and been in for 11 years. That is fantastic. What a story. And I think you're cutting yourself a bit short there by just calling yourself a pastry chef because <laughs> I've I've seen your work, I've tasted your work and... Uh, even on your website like if anyone can go on it you you've cooked well cooked you've you've made products for some absolutely big names uh globally like Nelson Mandela and even recently the Australian Open you were you were a big focus in the kind of the the premiumization of the food there weren't you yeah I, I think um if I look at Tennis Australia as one of our major customers uh, we've been partnering with them for nearly six years now and um, we've helped with the transformation of turning that um, event into so much more than just a, a major sporting event it's now a gourmet food precinct uh, we've worked very closely with them on all of the corporate catering through the corporate suites within the stadiums uh, to some of the um, corporate branded marquees throughout um, most recently we had our own retail space on grand slam oval so um, every january well as every january comes around it uh, seems to get bigger and better every year but um we <laughs> how how many products a year do you, do you have to do in that short space of a time then when you because you you've literally got a, a two-week window really haven't you to get all your projects out and looking fantastic yeah, well, the two weeks is the event. Uh, we're probably working on it six months out. There's a lot of menu planning and, and presentations and various tastings, uh, and then it really heats up uh, late December, and then we're full steam ahead from uh, 1st of January. So we've got anywhere between oh, 100 to 120 different SKUs that go out 
for that two-week period, um, and there can be anywhere between uh, hundreds to thousands of units of any one kind. So you can imagine uh, to organise, to um, execute all of that in a very small window of time is extremely challenging, and it really takes myself and the entire team out of our comfort zone because we're first and foremost a production kitchen that focuses on the uh, making of chocolates and macarons so this is um, an event it's an, it's an amazing opportunity that we take on uh, but it's very different to what our core business is and our core business relies on so it comes at a time of year that's generally pretty quiet within the hospitality so it's certainly a welcome um, addition uh, to what we're doing oh great uh, but yeah it's it's that uh, pressure release um, come the end of January that uh, has sort of been building up for many months and the build-up coming into Christmas as well is is uh, is uh, not too different uh, as that's a very busy time for us in uh, in uh, chocolate. Yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, because your product, for the people that are listening, you, you're you on the premium side, aren't you? You're on kind of like the high end you use and we'll talk about kind of where you source your ingredients from, but you use the best of the best, like the best techniques, the best ingredients. And it just proves it in in the, the taste in the pudding, to be honest, because your macarons, you touched on it before, like they're, they're fantastic. I've, I honestly have not tried another macaron since you gave me uh, that little gift hamper because I don't think anything will touch the surface um, <laughs> like yeah. from, from a competition. And just to touch on kind of, the whole process of like are you happy in that space staying in that premium space and do you see that's just a, a perfect market for you guys and you don't want to kind of venture out into commoners area or what, what's your views on that yeah look there's no shortage of um requests or opportunities you could say that have presented um or invitations more more or less to venture into the um, FMCG market. Mm. Um, it's a space that we really, frankly, have not a lot of experience in. Um, myself and my business partner both started out as chefs. Um, we still spend time in the kitchen where needed and the product development, uh, the innovation. Uh, our passion is really around using quality ingredients to make the very best product that we can for the market that we're in and we certainly work within a premium space we're working along with some of Australia's leading leading companies um, it's certainly got its volume in terms of what is capable to be made handmade or semi-automated um, the transition from going from what we are to something that would uh, increase volumes tenfold uh, and potentially get ourselves into the supermarket scene um, would a require quite 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 substantial investments, and also um, our product would, in some respects, have to be modified to um, be able to suit and be able to meet a certain price point, yeah. and be able to be economical and also made efficiently. So. Um, I think we're quite comfortable in the space that we're in. We've certainly been in there for a long time and there's and there's a lot of unfinished business to be done. So um, 
uh, we certainly haven't um, dried the well there in 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 not reaching our full potential. It's a space that we're confident in. Um, we believe we make a beautiful premium product, and um, we continue to uh, have growth in that area year on year out. And um, when and if we venture into uh, the uh, FMCG market, um, uh, that'll that will sort of play out in time, I guess. But um, yeah. at the present time, um, I think we're comfortable uh, sort of chipping away and making a quality product and our customers serve, uh, certainly are, um, are really appreciative of it and, and we can see that because the return business every year. Yeah, wow, that's fun. Wow, it's fantastic to hear, and it's 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 really refreshing because you don't hear it often, which is which is great that you're sticking by what you believe in and what you're good at, instead of yeah venturing into kind of the high volume. Um, but then, seeing it with a lot of brands in Australia, uh, it kind of sometimes can kill that brand, and you lose you lose a lot of kind of the equity and kind of yeah the the consumer kind of belief in what they had for that brand. So it's, yeah, and and. And that point, um, that very point, Ben, is so true because that's what we toy with with every opportunity that comes our way. Um, how do we keep cacao relevant to the market we're in and the premium nature of the market? If we're working with a five-star hotel or we're working with Mercedes-Benz uh, and then our product sits within a uh, supermarket space, mm -hmm. then um, how is one to think about that if they're put if they're choosing to place our product within a turndown within a five star hotel and then you you can pick up yeah. the same product within a within a supermarket environment so it's challenging how we um, address that and we approach that um, whether the same brand can sit in both spaces or there's there needs to be a sub brand there um, and the product needs to be representative of that. Yeah, fascinating space because you look at you look at like T two. That's my kind of the prime example that is is recent and common. And there we go. Sorry, the do the the dogs are just go running out here. There we are. Um, you see T two once they ventured into kind of yeah the the coals on the Woolies aisle. It, it lost a lot of respect and it's it's great to know that yeah there is brands out there that kind of go you know what I, I can stay away from um as much as the dollars would probably be great in your in your pocket and you could probably live a, a nice comfortable life on a beach somewhere it's uh it's great to hear that you you love what you do and uh, it and it shows in the product which is fantastic and I want to touch on the ingredient side because I know you spend a lot of time sourcing a lot of good ingredients. What's the process there? Yeah, certainly. I'll just touch on that last point as well. It's because one of the positives of being smaller means you're nimble, means you can move with trends, um, means you can take risks and the repercussions are not as great if you invest heavily in plan and equipment and it doesn't work so um, being in the area that we're in we can navigate through the changing times uh, we can be at the forefront of innovation um, and we can try and error um, so we like that space in that sense um, and 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 yeah like I said I guess we're comfortable it's a area that we uh, know better than than um, 
and yeah and the unknown um but yeah to answer your question in terms of products in terms of raw materials um it's 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 a major focus of ours to buy local wherever possible um not only for the sustainability but for supporting local manufacturers local farmers local growers um if 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 they're strong and 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 they're thriving then so are we and so mm. is the economy and 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 we can we can all enjoy and we can all prosper together um there are exceptions where products uh, imported are of a uh, more premium nature, so there will be occasions when we use ingredients from afar. But wherever possible, we're certainly supporting local produce and local farmers with um, the majority of the materials that we use, everything from the almonds uh, to the dried fruits that are coming from central Victoria, um, the the uh, the wheat and the raw sugars are all coming locally. So um, uh, I think this is where uh, a lot of consumers want to understand the traceability. They want to know the source of the materials, the source of where the product is coming from, and how it's come to be. Um, so that's a that's that's a trend, and that's a shift in how yeah. consumers are, are are now purchasing that we're very mindful of. Um, and it, it sort of goes back to the core of what we're about. Um, we believe in quality ingredients and where we can buy them locally, we certainly do on every occasion. Yeah. Okay. So when, when, like you mentioned it before, when you go to kind of like five-star hotels, Mercedes-Benz, do the people, when you sell, well, it, this is probably another question on itself, is kind of do you have to sell the product or do they just – like me taste it and go this is incredible but do they also ask for the story and the background and stuff like that and then you can back it up yeah well i think our our activities through social media through marketing the business on various platforms certainly help um build the perception and build the brand image and a lot of those relationships that we have today have come about through those uh, those businesses contacting us and then um, it's it then eventuates into a meet and greet, and uh, in some cases the product's sold itself already. Either it's been tried and sampled elsewhere, or they've experienced it at the Australian Open, or they've experienced it elsewhere, or somebody else is sworn by it. So that certainly helps us um, dramatically to get uh, that business over the line. But um, with every person that comes to us, there are others that we are actively out there approaching and um, trying to drum up business. So it's for us building a relationship and building confidence in in our brand, our, our um, ability. And because we're small and nimble and there's only a couple of us in that sales space, um, mm-hmm. we build a personable, uh, personable relationship. And, and it's important for our customers to see us as knowledgeable people within our field. Uh, we are experts within the field of chocolate, and it's important that that our customers come to understand that because there's no shortage of chocolate options out there of varying quality or be it macarons or sweet goods, and they're all competition to us. So our point of difference is the ability to understand and work with our client, understand their, their uh, problems, their pressures, but also um, allow them to have confidence in us as knowledgeable in our field of, of, uh, of um, expertise. 
what I, what I'd love to know is your your journey being a business owner how how's that been um is it what you expected and i'm sure there's been some highs lows um and hopefully a lot of rewards in between um what's what's been the journey so far yeah you know that's a, that's a that's a very interesting um, question because um the dream of owning my own business began for me very early on in my career and mm. um the idea of what owning my business looked like was very different then to what the reality is. And <laughs> okay. I, I think for many people I speak to that um, don't own their own business, um, their perception on owning a business is very different to the reality again. Um, and, I, and I think you'd find that's pretty common. But um, coming in uh, to the business uh, at the age of 30, uh, I was still somewhat quite naive, um, yeah. had a had um, a different expectation uh, on what it would be like. Um, also having uh, working in with somebody else that has um, uh, at times a different mindset than me, has uh, sometimes a different vision. Mm-hmm. So it's about aligning those visions and being on the same page and uh, agreeing with the path forward. Um, that doesn't happen overnight. And yeah, okay. however much you know somebody beforehand once you've got skin in the game and there is pressures on you that uh, you know there's uh, there's the pressure of um, having the responsibility upon staff um, that they have uh, safety and they have have um, security in in their work and they can go home content and go home happy of a day um, the pressures of make where's your next sale going to come from and we've just invested a lot of money in a piece of equipment uh, is that going to pay itself off um, do we get the business and then invest or the business is here now so do we do we um, do, do we take them take the the hit and invest yeah. and then hope it comes to fruition um, so that on top of um, competition is always knocking at your door um, there's always somebody out there to do better and um, uh, you know find ways of uh, picking but you are trying to stay above curve and or and uh, innovate and um, bring forward new ideas so um, it, it, I guess the biggest thing for me is there's never any time to rest and my work day <laughs> um, might physically finish when I leave the leave the office or the kitchen but if I'm not sitting at the computer or I'm not uh, working on on the social media platform then I'm then I'm thinking of the next piece of packaging that we could do or I'm uh, working on concepts in my head so um, it's trying to uh, free my mind um, to allow <laughs> allow other things to come into it than just work and and that's family and that's life and yeah. that's you know, enjoying everything else around you and, as they say, smell the roses because you need to enjoy the journey. Uh, sometimes you can get so caught up in in uh, the process and mm-hmm. and uh, and not appreciate what, what you've just passed or what you've achieved and, and you know, give uh, give uh, uh, recognition to those, those around you that have helped you to build that business to what it is. So... Um, it's a constant learning curve, no doubt. Um, I absolutely love it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in it. Um, but um, 
to say that it's been always uh, plain sailing would be completely wrong. Um, <laughs> and I think most people would tell you, you know, and even the most um, successful people out there um, haven't got there without a lot of hard work and probably a lot of errors along the way as well. But, you know, you learn and you get stronger. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, I, I, I think if you don't enjoy something, then you just mm. don't. So um, I, I still look at doing what I do the same way I did when I first started out, that it was never a job. It was it was, it was was a lifestyle choice. And yeah. when I was chefing in my late teens and I opted out of going out on weekends and uh, working uh, 2 a.m. shifts and building a career and, um, um, you know, all the way through to my 20s and taking on some of the challenging roles and going into business eventually, um, it's – it's always been a lifestyle for me, and it's a, and it's it's so much more than a job or a career. It's a it's a um, passion. Food is either in your blood or it's not, and uh, and um, hospitality is can be extremely rewarding. Um, you know, through the people you meet and the satisfaction that you get out of product development. You know, it's really there in front of you. It's um, instantaneous. That is fantastic. I think a lot of people will benefit. I, I appreciate your words on that because I don't think people understand the true, yeah, what what is needed to run a business and the, the stress uh, in, in a time that we're in where a lot of mental stress is on the forefront of everyone's mind. I'm guessing running a business and, yeah, looking after staff to make sure that they can go home and see their family. It's a, it's an incredible responsibility. And uh, I, uh, I wish you all the success because the products are fantastic, as I mentioned. And one thing that I wanted just to touch on, you mentioned it there about if you're, if you're not in the kitchens and you're not in front of a computer, you're working on the social media aspect. Do you do a lot of your own social media uh, videos or have you used someone externally? Because I only say that because the last six months you've done and I highly recommend people to go and visit on LinkedIn or uh, Instagram to, to watch your videos because it honestly just brings your food to life. It, whoever's done it is fantastic. Was that you, Tim? <laughs> Thank you. Um, oh, I'd love to take the credit for that um, <laughs> now that you've pumped me up. But oh, I, you should have. Look, it's your podcast. You could yeah, it's, just lie. <laughs> it's pretty close to home because my wife, believe it or not, is oh. uh, in marketing and she has her own business and uh, only – Within the last 12 months, she's taken Cacao on as a um, as a business partner, and she's managing a lot of our social platforms. Um, and she works very closely with uh, myself and Laurent in mm. um, strategizing the the coming months. And LinkedIn is one of those focal points because uh, we probably weren't very active in that space. 10, 10 or so months ago yep. um, and we see the benefit, uh, the huge benefit in being on that platform because it speaks directly to the decision makers yep. within companies that we want to work with and um, the traction that we're getting from that and the business that we get through being on that platform is uh, extremely beneficial. But um, ultimately, my wife, Adrian uh, has been at the forefront of that. She's really been um, driving that 
we get a lot of great uh, great uh, footage and video and photography um, but more importantly the content the product is uh, very easily easily photographed it's um, yeah. desirable it's uh, it's a it's a beautiful um, craftsmanship so um, it makes everybody's job easier when you've got uh, when, when you've got good um, content but certainly um, She's been a. Um, she's done a very good job. Yeah, she's lived because when did when did you say she jumped on board? Was it last yeah, year? But, yeah, yeah, a bit over ten months ago. So yeah. really, LinkedIn's fired <laughs> up the last six six seven months. So you you know to hear that from you is uh, is uh, very rewarding. It's, it's uh, just somebody's acknowledged it. That's it's, great. It's fantastic because I look at it and coming from the UK, you've you've got the, like Marks and Spencers where at Christmas they, they do their adverts and they bring the food and the, the emotion and kind of, yeah, the festivities to life uh, through video. And when I look at your videos and the stuff that you do, you just kind of, it literally is 30 seconds to a minute however long they go for where I just stop and just stare at it like just the beautiful chocolate melting <laughs> and macarons and the 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 yeah. love that's been paid yeah so she's done well yourself and her and the business have done a fantastic job in kind of yeah um presenting your products in a in such a beautiful way so yeah it's definitely paying off from from a customer's eyes from mine and I'm glad it's paying off from a a linkedin's perspective as well from uh yeah getting the decision makers on board yeah that's that's fantastic i mean look we we certainly um working to surround ourselves with uh with uh good people talented people that understand the vision uh and, and it's just about building blocks it's uh, building year on year out so fantastic well for the people who are listening, where yeah, to watch I think the, it's working for us at the moment. Oh, sorry, sorry about that. For for the people who are listening, where's the best place to reach out to you, uh, buy some of your, the products, and yeah, follow you and stuff like that? Where 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 can you send people? Oh, look, I'd love people to jump on Instagram, <laughs> um, have a look at us there, cacao.chocolate. Uh, our website uh, is www.cacao.com.au. You can shop online anywhere throughout Australia, chocolates and macarons. Um, there are select stockers throughout Australia that are carrying our products. There's a list of those stockers online. Um, otherwise, at, uh, at, at, at an event or a hotel you might turn up to one day, you may well see some of our yeah. products. So reach out and say good day. Um, and, of course, LinkedIn. Uh, we're up there and we'd love to hear from uh, from anyone and everyone fantastic it is it is a great platform it's one of it's one of my favorite platforms because yeah it's you you speak into like-minded individuals so yeah definitely uh definitely seeing you guys popping up a bit more on there which is great um and keeping i just want to you mentioned it there where you you can buy online and deliver throughout of australia how have you found kind of the growth on the e-commerce platform and for a product that is very susceptible to melt um what how, how have you coped with that yeah 
Yep, susceptible to melting is uh, the most challenging time because the busiest period of the year, be it Christmas and Easter, comes at the hottest times of the year. So that's fraught with danger and um, we get uh, influx of orders really from late November all the way through till a couple of days prior to Christmas. And um, when you check the temperatures most recently um, this Christmas, uh, we've got uh, freight forwarding going all over the country and Perth sitting at 38 degrees and and um, Adelaide's at 39 and Brisbane's at 37. So for us, it's important at those peak periods when we know there's extreme weather conditions that we communicate to each and every one of our customers. And we have an amazing team at, in the um, office that will reach out to everyone personally and explain to them the situation and <laughs> and in most cases hold goods back a day or two days if needed yeah, okay. until the weather drops. Um, but with that said, we've got um, sustainable packaging. Uh, we've moved away from polystyrene packaging uh, a couple of years ago and we now have recyclable shipping boxes that um, have really good insulation. Uh, we put ice packs in there. We um, use paper wrapping uh, to avoid movement. Um, certainly, we go to great lengths to secure yep. the product so that that can be enjoyed at, at its uh, very um, optimum when you receive it. There's nothing worse than seeing something online or um, somebody following us for so long and then finally <laughs> parting ways with their money and then it just yeah. doesn't doesn't arrive in, in the same state. So that can be very disappointing not only for us but more importantly yeah. for the, for yeah, the, imagine the that receiver. Big, a big melted mess just arriving oh. at your door from this premium uh, business. <laughs> and I'd be good. lying if I said it has never oh, – it hasn't ever not happened. So, mm. um, I guess it's how you deal with it when it does happen, and what yeah. sort of pre what sort of preventative measures you put in place. Uh, unfortunately, there is no uh, refrigerated air freight that will um, uh, take your goods interstate at the same prices. Yeah. You would uh, with Australia Post or or um, Star Trek. So. It is what it is. It certainly um, has its challenges compared to uh, moving uh, moving around clothing goods. Um, but there are <laughs> peak periods in the year where it's weather permitting. Um, and then, of course, there are delays in transport at the peak periods. And when there are delays, then goods that uh, might normally sit out for a day to two days are sitting out for three or four days. So that opens up um, even further complications. But... Um, all in all, we get through it. Um, our e-commerce is doing well. Um, there's some steady growth there. Um, I think food certainly has its has its challenges, and a product specifically like ours um, in the hotter months, um, you know, it it just requires a bit more thoughtful, a uh, bit more thought behind it, and mm -hmm. a bit more care taken. Just uh, just another headache for uh, a business owner to deal with then. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I do it? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, well you know, I can't, there's, well, it's um, never enough. There's always something new and uh, something we'll try our hand at. And I think, I think that there's that excitement that burns within. Um, always, always uh, looking for the next challenge. Fantastic. Well, all I can say is absolutely 
fantastic to have you on the show and thank you for telling everyone your journey and a bit more about the business and i highly recommend everyone to to go online follow tim follow the follow the brand and i i, I wish you all the success in the world and i look forward to uh, seeing you soon yeah it's been a while and um I look forward to yeah, seeing the amazing content uh, now that I know it's your wife. So I'll, uh, I'll, be, I'll be paying even close attention. But thank you very much again, Tim. Oh, thank you. It's been my pleasure. Great, Ben. Yeah.